Hello and welcome to the News Roundup from FITV. I'm Johnny Burke. And I'm Oliver Thompson. Coming up on this week's programme, climate change at Farmers Week, Bennock's Paddock update and an Antarctic expedition. Towards the end of last week, multiple unexploded ordinances were discovered at Bennett's Paddock as building work continued for the housing development. 20 Argentine 105mm artillery munitions were found, leading to controlled explosions on site. Other live rounds were removed to Eliza Cove tip where they were safely detonated. We asked MLA Barry Ellsby for an update on the situation. We knew when we took over Bennett's Paddock that it had a history of being used during the Second World War um, and also during the conflict by the Argentinians with, with uh, artillery batteries there. And that's why we engaged and, and put a contract out to examine the area for any unexploded ordnance. So we found a fair bit of ordnance, but clearly we also missed others. Now, it's been very fortunate that no one was injured during the find at the, the last week. Uh, some of those shells, I'm told by the military, were quite degraded and quite unstable, and they had to be blown up in situ because they were too dangerous to move. So it worked out well for us, but I've asked the chief executive to look into matters, to actually try to just piece together what went on. Did we ask the right questions of the people we engaged to do the survey? Did we tell them how far to survey? Was the survey conducted correctly? We're just going through a process now of trying to understand why we arrived at a situation where such a large number of shells were uncovered in some ways inappropriately and by accident. Climate change is one of the big issues we are facing at the moment. A group of farmers, conservationists and government officials joined forces at Farmers Week to speak about how this issue is affecting the Falklands and its impact on agriculture. Matthew McKee is an agronomist at the Department of Agriculture. Climate change is, a, is obviously a global phenomenon um, and there's, there's many things that are going on that you know, we can't even quantify at the moment. So, you know, uh, warming sea temperatures would be affecting rainfall in different ways. But, you know, the farmers were talking about their sort of anecdotal experience and they were saying things like, you know, the rainfall is coming down in shorter bursts and very heavy, which obviously has implications for water capture in soils. That seemed to be a major a feature of, of the day. Um, there's obviously then changes in the way that plants are growing. Um, if we're starting to see changes in seasons and different patterns of rainfall, then we would expect plants to try and adapt to that. So, you know, there's a lot of measuring to be done on the Falkland Islands to really try and understand what these trends are. But we also know that we're seeing a few alarming things like lakes drying and, um, you know, there's big questions around ditching on the Falkland Islands and, and what that's doing um, to our water table uh, and, and the hydration of the land. So we're really at the very early stages, I think, of, of starting to um, see what, what is occurring and farmers are starting to speak up, which is really great. Conservation manager Dr Andrew Stanworth also spoke during the presentation about the price of climate change and what can be done to help mitigate the effects. There are a number of ways and options to, to tackle this and they're not exclusive to each other obviously the, the more the more we have and the more that's available to help people um, change what they're they're doing to to the benefit of making healthier ecosystems the better and some of those may come from a more private kind of financing mechanisms like carbon finance which is um, a lot about um, 
industry and, and business investing in, in carbon offsetting perhaps, but also at a national level for carbon budgets for, for emissions. But then um, things I talked about such as agri-environment schemes, which are um, investment at a national level with, you know, from governments to, to drive forward and to assist people in, in making changes to what they do to, to improve the state of the environment. And that's, it's really important because change doesn't come without consequence and, and some people really do need um, a, lot of, a lot of support. They, they've got the intention and they would like to do it, but they're, they're not either financially in a position or don't have the information that they need to make that change. So these um, large-scale support mechanisms are absolutely crucial. As the Falkland Islands community continues to recover from the global pandemic, Concerns have been raised about how an increase in costs of construction projects, which is seen as a direct economic impact of COVID-19, could cause delays to future local projects. Pre-pandemic, the Falkland Islands was already experiencing a housing shortage, with a particular demand for both residential and commercial development. The cost of building work can be linked to a global rise in the demand of materials. In a letter to members of the Legislative Assembly this week, Chair of the Chamber of Commerce, Max Summers, warned that rising costs for construction projects may result in limiting work the construction sector is offered in the next 12 to 24 months, as projects are delayed or reduced in scope. Should the construction sector begin to shrink, then the work the private sector has undertaken to grow this sector in previous years will be undone and capacity permanently reduced. The Chamber has called on the government to look ahead at the developing situation, recommending a full review of FIG strategy and aims of their COVID-19 recovery priorities. We asked MLA Barry Elsby for his response to the letter. Well, I think we're all conscious, firstly, that the government has got a major capital building programme. But we also understand, by just looking around the world, that the cost and the supply of materials, particularly wood, has risen significantly during the Covid period. And, and so as other things like piping and metalwork. So we're conscious that we're competing against the rest of the world for, for wood and other materials that are in short supply because of the way Covid's affected the areas where they're produced. We can't solve that, but I think everyone believes that as Covid frees people up as it goes through and as the vaccination programs in all these countries really hit in that that will sort itself out but probably over the next nine months or so it's not a short-term fix and we're at the, the the behest of the world really the falklands maritime heritage trust is planning to organize and fund a new expedition to find ernest shackleton's sunken ship the endurance Endurance 22, as the expedition will be known, is planned to leave in February 2022. The FMHT will be submitting an application to the UK Foreign, Commonwealth and Development Office for a permit to conduct the mission. Shackleton's ship became stuck in ice in the Weddell Sea in 1915 and sank after 10 months of being crushed by the pressure of the ice. All the men on board survived the disaster as they escaped on foot and in lifeboats. While the location of the ship is known, the difficulties lie in getting to the site and finding the wreck in the ice. The last expedition in 2019 was forced to abandon the search due to sea ice. With no international tourists to the Falklands this season, a trip scheme was announced to encourage domestic tourism. The scheme gave residents the opportunity to travel to places around the Falkland Islands who otherwise wouldn't have had the chance. A huge proportion of those using their trip vouchers were flown by the Falkland Islands Government Air Service.
We spoke to Chief Pilot Troy Bowles on the impact of the trip on the Figas fleets. Yeah, we were very busy uh, last year with the trip scheme. It ended up being our busiest season on record since record started in, in 2000. Uh, we flew over 10,300 people in the end. Uh, so the first few months were fairly frantic. Mike Charlie coming eased things a little bit, but then one of the other aircraft inevitably uh, ran out of hours because we were using them so so often. We were, were flying people who had been in the, the Falklands for a long time and, and never been to, well, never been out of Stanley. Others had never had a chance to go to the islands. A lot of that was thanks to the trip scheme and people just being able to afford to go places. And another part of that was just the lack of international tourists, which meant that there were beds available at the tourist destinations. So it was interesting talking to a lot of people. They, they would have liked to have gone places previous years, but just couldn't get to them. The big hope going into the new season though is that we, we'll have at least three aircraft available the vast majority of the time. And going into the season, the plan at the moment all being well, we'll have four um, ready for the start of the season. Uh, and that just helps everything. It just shortens the days for it, for everybody going forward. It's a unique circumstances for everybody, but it was, it was really nice to see people getting out that, that normally wouldn't, yeah. And the contract for construction of a new terminal entrance at Stanley Airport has been awarded to Falcon Building Services. The current air terminal entrance and exit will be demolished and a new modern entrance will be built in its place. Materials for the work should arrive in early September 2021, ready for works to begin. It is hoped that only minimal disruption will be caused. Events relating to Falklands agriculture have been taking place in Stanley all of this week, as the annual Farmers Week get-together returned after disruption last year due to the pandemic. Hosted and organised by the Falkland Islands Rural Business Association, Farmers Week provides a chance for members living in camp to receive updates on a huge range of issues potentially affecting them. The week kicked off on a Sunday afternoon with a public expo that featured stands from a variety of local organisations including FIDC, Falklands Conservation, the Department of Agriculture and Camp Education. We spoke to Sammy Marsh from the Royal Business Association and Sally Ponce from Island Landcare. So today is our expo. We have this um, every year on the Sunday before Farmers Week. It's just a really good opportunity to get lots of businesses down here to get their stalls and stands. And um, it's open to the general public, so it's not just for RBA members. But it's just a really nice start to the week. We have the KEMH who are doing some tests and things, and Southern Heartbeat have got their dummies up there, and we have free wine in the other corner. So yeah, it's all going really, really well. It's a nice crowd here today. Farmers Week is a brilliant event, really fantastic opportunity to come in and listen to what lots of different people have got to say. As you can see here today, there's so much going on and people just want, want to mix, learn, exchange. It's because, I mean, a lot of people dotted around the Falklands on their individual farms and you kind of get hunkered down doing your own thing. And it's just a really nice chance for A, all the farmers and people in the rural community to get together but also to touch base with those um, companies and stakeholders in Stanley as well because um, it can be quite tricky when you're trying to uh, phone people you know who, who work from eight till half four and and things you know and it's nice to put um, a face to the name as well if you've been trying to you know communicate with somebody in FIG a new role or something like that but yeah it is I think it's really really important. I'll be talking about the weed control work we're doing around the islands on 
over a dozen different islands and some of its farmland as well. Essentially to get the message out there that if you have some of the, the four species of weeds we're talking about, if they're on your farm, now's the time to do something about it and not, not to leave it. As has been done in the past and we end up with a, a big problem, do it now and you've got a really small problem that you can actually deal with. Some of the in really key things this week will be our discussion with FIMCO. Um, that's always a very well attended session. And also we're going to have two sessions on the current heated topic of salmon farming in the Falklands. We're going to have one from Unity Marine and we're also going to have a presentation from Falklands Conservation. So we'll be very much presenting both sides of the story. It's, it's probably the, the best opportunity that you get to share what you're trying to do and the things that you have been doing during the course of the year. And it's a very hectic social calendar as well, so you'll see lots and lots of uh, farmers out and about this week in their glad rags. So, yeah, you have been warned. <laughs> the Susan Whitley Art and Craft Memorial Exhibitions were held at IGS and FIX over the weekend, showcasing the children's artwork. The exhibitions are held every year in memory of the former art teacher, who was one of three civilian women to be killed in the 1982 conflict. We spoke to IGS teacher Karen Armstrong and FIX teacher Charlotte Fenwick about the exhibits. This is the traditional Susan Whitley Memorial Exhibition. Um, we run it every year and we're very lucky because we have the nurseries and childminders involved as well. So we have children's work from naught to 11 years old. The children have worked really hard to produce this gorgeous artwork. The teachers have worked extremely hard to plan the lessons, deliver the lessons, to mount all the work and to put it up throughout the whole school. We changed it this year because we wanted a journey through the school. So that's why there's a one-way system through year two down to year one and up through the stairs along the corridor and round to the hall. Um, so we really wanted stuff to be kept up for much longer than previously because before, if it was all in the hall, it was taken down because we need the hall for the children's PE lessons. This year is the 125th anniversary of um, the inauguration of Camp Education in the Falkland Islands and because of that we decided that we would like some ex-travelling teachers, some ex-Camp Education teachers to come and judge and Myra and Heather, who are very well known in the community, agreed to come. They didn't realise how long it was going to take them last night. It took two and a half hours to judge and they've given out more highly commended than ever before. So, <laughs> so it's wonderful that we've continued a tradition with the camp education and honoured it in this way. All of the um, artwork that's in the halls at the moment will stay up until September at the very least so that in the new academic year the children have got beautiful artwork everywhere. And, I mean, you might not be able to answer this question, but have you got a favourite piece? <laughs> oh, that's not a fair question. I can't possibly comment. It's something that's really important. I mean, this is the 37th year. Um, it's something that's like an integral part of the calendar. So actually, you know, we relay, relay that to the students and it's, it's something really special and it's a unique thing of the school. And therefore, you know, the effort goes in to make sure it thrives and continues. What is really important to me is that every student has an opportunity to put a piece of work up 
So whether you're super talented naturally or you actually find art quite challenging or DT quite challenging or, you know, they've had the opportunity to show what they've done and be proud of their work. So it's a showcase of all the students of whatever level. I've had students in um, several nights last week sort of desperate to finish their paintings so that they can actually put something on display and that sort of really made me proud actually. So the, the students have actually sort of put in the effort to make it happen. And this is probably quite a tricky question, but do you have a favourite piece? Are you allowed to answer that? Do you know, I have, I don't, I wouldn't answer it, but I have pieces that I know how hard those students have worked and like they're not the students sometimes that find it most easy. So I think not necessarily a favourite, but there are some pieces I look at them and think, my gosh, they really tried on that. So it kind of makes you proud as a teacher. And that's it for this week's News Roundup. If you'd like to subscribe to FITV, you can watch via the KTV broadcast or online through our website, fitv.co.fk. Alongside this news roundup, we also produce a light-hearted look at the week in our podcast, Meanwhile in the Falklands, which is also available on Spotify, iTunes and SoundCloud. Join us for the news roundup next week. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>